Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. Today we have an amazing story on talking trading. Erin Gruel was a young teacher from Long Beach, California, who was placed in a racially integrated school with a class of underprivileged students who were daily surviving gun violence, gang warfare and poverty. After accidentally referring to Nazi propaganda during class, Gruel changed her entire syllabus to teach her students about the Holocaust. For the first time, her students became interested in learning. Its themes resonated with their own lives of gang violence and gang warfare. She also encouraged her students to write journals about their lives, which became a source of solace and empowerment for them. And Erin's students famously became known as the Freedom Writers. Their stories had been published and many of the students went on to go to college. Erin Gruhl's story has been captured in a fantastic Hollywood movie called The Freedom Writer, starring Hilary Swank and Patrick Dempsey. Our guest today is one of Erin Gruhl's original students from Long Beach. Tiffany Jacobs not only lived through the trauma of her childhood, she graduated from college and she's now advocating and teaching the power of financial literacy. In part one of Tiffany's interview today, we hear about her childhood homelessness meeting Erin Gruhl and the power of having a mentor. We discussed the gang violence of the US in the 1990s, the impact meeting the Holocaust survivors had on Tiffany, and why she is so driven towards financial literacy. She is a young woman with a kilowatt smile, and many people on the public speaking circuit would call her their hero. So first, let's hear from Louise Bedford in Mind Power on being the hero in your own life. We all feel fear. Don't try to push it away. Move forward with it. You know, I love all of the superhero shows that they have now, all of the movies that are box office hits. And if you look at the villain and the hero in those movies, they are more similar than you'd first think. The villain and the hero of the story have both had things to overcome, but the big difference is how they treat those aspects. The hero wants to move forward and bring other people with them into the light, but the villain is inward focused. They want everyone else to burn with them in their misery. So it's a very different outcome for the villain and the hero. And for you, you are the hero of your own life. And even though trading is solitary, Yes, you do this alone. Yes, it's you and your computer. 
You have to work out who you're going to bring with you into the light. If you share your vision, if you have that clear purpose, you can bring your family, your friends, the people that you care about with you along on this journey. And never forget that we're here for you as well. I love supporting you through talking trading and through all of my activities at tradinggame.com.au and I have just been so happy to see so many people change, to see their movement, to see how they are willing to step into the light. And you know what? It's your turn. This week, do everything you can to be the best trader you can be. Hi, I'm Adam Koo. I'm from Adam Koo Learning Technologies Group, and I'm listening to Talking Trading. Erin Gruhl was a young teacher in Long Beach, California, who was placed in a racially integrated school with a class of unteachable students who were daily surviving gun violence, gang warfare, and poverty. Erin's story has been captured in a fantastic movie called The Freedom Writer, starring Hilary Swank and Patrick Dempsey. Our guest today is one of Erin Gruhl's original students from Long Beach, who not only lived through the trauma of her childhood, she graduated from college and is now advocating and teaching the power of financial literacy. Hence, we thought she would be an amazing guest on Talking Trading. Tiffany Jacobs, the freedom writer. What a damn delight to speak with you. Hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored and, and moved. That was a great introduction. <laughs> oh, Tiffany, you're amazing. So let's get to it. Tell us about your childhood. Where were you, how you lived, and what you survived? You know, I grew up in, uh, in, in, in the southern states of the United States uh, in a state called Louisiana, we know Louisiana. And um, my father got a job in California and he said life is better in California. So we're going to move out there. I'm going to have a good job. You guys are going to go to good schools and we will get out of the segregation of the South, which um, is, is prevalent still today. Um, and so we we all got on a Greyhound bus one day, and I remember taking a journey from Louisiana to California, which is about 2,000 miles. You know, we saw all the green grasses of America, the cows and horses and animals you only see in, in, in the coloring books because I was young. But our last stop was in downtown L.A. in uh, a place they call Skid Row. And it's a place of homelessness and desolation. And at that time, you know, sitting in that that bus and, and looking out the window to see rows and rows of people living in cardboard boxes. You know, at least in the South, we had family. And, you know, if you didn't have a roof, you had family and you always had a roof over your head. So, um, you know, we got off that bus, hopefully knowing for sure that my father had a place for us to stay. But lo and behold, he did not. And he got caught up with alcohol and drugs. And um, at that time, when we arrived in California, we he was living in a homeless shelter and wanted his family to live with him. And so my first, you know, stepping off the bus into California, Hollywood, was uh, a life of homelessness. With my, my father being on drugs, my mother could never keep a job. And we were always moving from one place to another. 
ultimately what she had to do is what you see in the Freedom Riders movie is get a sign and a cardboard box and cut it in half and write homeless who work for food, you know, and stand do what she saw the other homeless people do to, to get money, which was stand on those freeway corners and anybody that was generous enough to give her a dollar, a dime, a, a bag of half-eaten McDonald's, you know, she would take it because she had four kids to feed. And then, you know, ultimately moving to Long Beach, where where I got into high school and met Aaron, you know, I was very shy and quiet and barely spoke, you know, two words in the 24 hour period. You would not recognize Tiffany today from because um, I talk a mile a minute now. You okay. can't shut me up. <laughs> okay. So I just want to just highlight a couple of things about your childhood. Yes. You slept on the concrete pavement. You stood yes. in lines for food stamps. Yes. It was desperate and desolate. You mentioned mm-hmm. moving to Long Beach, and it's in yes. Long Beach that you met the amazing Erin Gruel. Is that yes. when you learnt that dreams can come true? Tell us about Erin. Absolutely. You know, living a life of poverty, you are always disappointed. Nothing ever goes the right way. You know, everyone says no. So you're used to um, a, a disappointing existence and you never think that anything that you hope for is going to come true and, and, and be real for you. It's it's real for everyone else but you. But, you know, getting into this classroom with Erin um, really changed my life because she introduced us to people who had overcome so many adversities, Holocaust survivors and people from war-torn areas. So to introduce us to people that kind of had stories similar to us, we could see there was a light at the end of the tunnel. So I'm so grateful for her to, at such a young age, you know, I think at 23 years old, 24 years old, what was I doing at that? What were you doing at that age? Probably in a bar somewhere, you know, with your girlfriends. And But she was an advocate for education, and she, she wanted so badly for us to see that you can come from tragic circumstances, but that does not define who you are or where you can go in life. So Erin's story is just captivating in The Freedom Rider. That is such an amazing movie, and it was just such a joy to research you and watch that movie. So I just want to highlight this, that Erin worked three jobs so that she could buy you guys school books and give you the gift of reading. And that was such a magical moment. You know, when you live in an urban school district and um, none of the none of the school materials are brand new. You don't get to open them and they're clean without, you know, tagging written into it and torn pages or gum stuck to the pages. And it's not something that you value, that you think it's worth your time to invest in in, in seeing what it's all about. A lot of times the, the book materials aren't anything to be prideful of own ownership. Mm-hmm. And okay. so that's a big thing, you know, especially for, for someone who never gets gifts, who are always having having hand-me-downs, you know. She gave us the pride of, of owning a brand new, spanking brand new book that was ours to keep. She she made us lo- want to read that book just because it was ours and she worked hard to get it for us. So it was really special. I just want to give a bit of background here. So the original students were a group of unteachable students, but Erin managed to pierce their psyche by mentioning the Holocaust. And that resonated with everyone who was struggling with the gang warfare. Is that right? Absolutely. So, were you you struggling with the gang warfare as well? Were you a part of that? No. So that that 
you know, the movie kind of combines our whole story together. Right. But that initial class she had, she was a student teacher and she had a group of students um, um, that were lower reading English. And uh, maybe they didn't do well in school for one reason or an- another. But she chose to use Holocaust education for just a moment in time. The students were able to understand something outside of themselves and relate to that. That was the purpose. Exactly. To know that one culture doesn't supersede or overpower another. Um, you know, uh, with, with, with a lot of the, the gang violence in the 90s, it was, it, was, it was pretty hard just to walk down the street and not hear gunshots and have to duck, you know, under a car because uh, of a drive-by. So gang violence and gang warfare was, was really high at that time. And I just want to mention this pivotal scene and then we'll move on. There was a scene in the movie where Miss Gruel asked all the students who had lost someone from gun violence to step up to the line that she'd marked and every single kid stepped up. And not only that, most kids had lost four people from gun violence. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, so many of the questions she asked hit home, you know, for so many of us. Um, you know, I knew friends of friends, not not anyone directly close to me lost from gun violence. But once I, I started to live in California and, and became friends with people, I noticed that, yes, a lot of their personal close friends were gone that they grew up with. They went to elementary school with, and it would be like, oh, I have five friends. They're not here anymore. But in this, what do you mean they're not here anymore? I just didn't understand that, you know? Um, so it, it was devastating. But she asked other questions that so many people, you know, majority of the class would step into the line to, you know, how many have been homeless? How many have ever had their lights turned out? How many have ever had their parents be divorced? And so um, it was, it, it just really showed us that no matter who you are, what socioeconomic background you come from, we all have similar circumstances that, you know, we don't have to judge each other for, but we can uh, commiserate and overcome them, you know, just by understanding each other. Let's talk about the Holocaust. And you you met Holocaust survivors. And I love that you said in your amazing YouTube clip, Dare to Dream and Achieve, I met survivors, not victims of the Holocaust. What did you learn from them? Wow, I learned to persevere through all odds and all circumstances. Um, what those survivors went through and the, the resilience that they had to overcome such tragedy and restart and rebuild their lives from ground zero, from nothing, you know, and having had your whole, can you imagine your whole family being ripped away from you and, and murdered, and you're the only surviving member to start a new life and start a new family for, for your namesake and your gen. I just could not even imagine. And so that put into perspective our lives, because a lot of things we were going through, it, of course, you can't, pain is pain. Everyone feels pain. You can't, I, I don't want to judge one pain over another, but man... To be a, a survivor of the Holocaust, I, it put my life into perspective. You know, the things that I were go- I was going through, I could definitely overcome them. If Renee Firestone started over, 
and and became a fashion designer and became well renowned and and created a business and now you know she is a speaker sharing her story you know Mel Mermelstein who who wanted so much to preserve the artifacts from the Holocaust so that he can be able to teach others you know had a museum in Orange County where he, they they people could touch and feel the real realness from where he came from and and learn from his stories. Um, I learned so much from Holocaust survivors and they can smile, but look down and still see a number etched in their skin and and be reminded of such tragic moments in their life. And to still move on, that is resilience to me. You met the woman who literally housed and hid Anne Frank from the Gestapo in Holland? Yes, the Freedom Riders did. Now, this is, uh, unfortunately, I was, I, I didn't get to meet her. Uh, as a Freedom Rider, I'm, I'm so pretty bummed I missed out on this experience. But so many Freedom Riders did. You know, when I came to Cal- California, I, the smog I was not used to. And I became really asthmatic. And um, it really affected me to a point where I was on breathing treatments and all kind of things. So the day Meep Geese, the woman who we had tried so hard to get her to come and, and wrote so many letters. And the day she came, I had to go to the hospital. So I was pretty bummed on that experience. But all the Freedom Riders told me about it. And uh, it, there's even, a, a, they relay it in the Freedom Riders diary. But Tiff, I want to talk about the power of a mentor. I read that you said Erin Gruel makes people think they can go to the moon. Is that how she made you yeah. feel? Yes. When you have someone believe in you, when you don't even believe in you, it's an odd feeling because you feel at first that it's, I don't know, that it's not true, that they, you know, they're just saying it just to say it. But to know that, you can make a way out of your dreams from dreams to actual actualization. I love that anyone can have an idea and make it come true. You know, with all of the things that we did in high school and all of the crazy adventures we went on, many times she came to us in the morning and said, oh, my God, I had a vision. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I wrote it on a napkin and I went back to sleep. And she didn't even know what it was. And when she woke up, it was to, you know, meet Peter Moss or or, or apply for, you know, uh, going to see a a visit a school or see someone to talk to from a book that we read. And, um, you know, I, I had the. The, I, I saw it firsthand that dreams could come true from actual dreams that you have. And so I know that anything I, I can put my mind to, I can make an action plan to it. I can find the resources for it and I can at least try to make it come true. And if I, if it doesn't, at least I tried. And if I did, hey, I succeeded. So it's a win-win either way with the experience. After meeting Erin, your mantra became, if I can, I will. Yes. Yes. If you think it and you believe it, you can achieve it. And I saw that on posters before in high school, but you never really, you know, think of anything of it. It just goes over your head and it's just something that teachers say, you know, (laughs) through my experience with the Freedom Writers, uh, I know that anything I I believe in myself that I can achieve and I, I can make happen, it will come true. Give a man a fish and he will eat for a day. Teach a man to fish and he will eat forever. You graduated yes. from college, got the T-shirt, but <laughs> but you're yes. still living paycheck to paycheck. 
Yes. How did the financial that, literacy movement begin with you? Well, it began because, um, you know, I a couple years ago I had ACL surgery and uh, I tore my meniscus. So, you know, at 35, 34 years old, I had to, you know, really take a look at my life. And I had had such amazing experiences traveling with the Freedom Riders and, and, and meeting so many people and going to visit so many schools. But I didn't have long-term care protection if I couldn't work. I didn't have any life insurance if, you know, something happened to me. I didn't have a savings vehicle for my money to grow and be protected. And so I really started to think, you know, I'm, I'm educating so many others, but what am I doing now at this phase in my life to educate myself as an adult? Yes, I've overcome all these adversities and now I'm okay emotionally. Now it's time to think about the other aspects in my life that need to be balanced. And that was really getting my financial house in order. And so, um, you know, it, it really scared me that I was single living alone and, you know, I, I had to recover with my knee. And what if something happened to both my knees one day? And what if, you know, I, I, some, I broke a hip one day at 50 years old and, you know, I, I can't take care of myself. So um, it's a scary thought to, to face, you know, getting older. No woman wants to say how old she is, and <laughs> you know, or anything like that. But uh, you have to face it at some point to be a, a good, a proper adult. <laughs> yes. And so I wanted to adult the right way. And I started to educate myself and learn about the things that I needed for my retirement and learn about, you know, the fact that women live longer. And, and with technology today, human longevity is, is being extended. So we have to think about our retirement differently and we have to you know, take pride in, in, in our in our finances. What sort of what have you learned financially so far? Wow, I have learned to absolutely save twenty percent of every single paycheck, no matter what, to pay myself first. Why am I gonna go pay my cable bill if I haven't paid Tiffany? Why am I gonna go pay my cell phone bill if I haven't paid Tiffany? And so that savings for me, you know, is is essential because I do not want to be a seventy year old person living in a a nursing home or not having the means to take care of me or take care of my health care costs. So I've I've just I've learned to save twenty percent of every paycheck. I've learned uh, the rule of 72 and the, the magic of compound interest. Mm. Uh, so I'm really learning, you know, how money works and to use it to my advantage so that uh, I control my money and my money doesn't control me. So you right, you, you went through so much tragedy and trauma growing up. And now that you're emotionally safe, it's like, well, hell damn, you know, I now need to thrive as an adult and that that means being financially literate you've come so far and now this is almost something you have to do for yourself I have to I have laid my head on a concrete ground I have lived the life of a homeless person and I never want that existence ever in life and so if if I don't make a cushion for myself what what was to say that history won't repeat itself because I'm not ready and I'm not prepared and I'm still, you know, begging from people just to keep a roof over my head. I just I, I refuse to have that life. 
I refuse to have that life. And so I will actually want to be able to bless others, you know, through my blessings. And so um, that's why I, I decided to get into financial services and, and, and really learn what it means to help protect the family in protecting myself. I'm helping others as well through the knowledge I'm gaining. And that's it for this episode of Talking Trading. Thanks to Caroline Stephen for being our insightful, intuitive and warm host of the show. Thanks also to Chris Tate for being a superb business partner. I'm Louise Bedford and my email address is louise at tradinggame.com.au. As always, if you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend. This is super important because word of mouth is the most powerful way that people get in touch with us and people respond best to people that they know and care about. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcast and make sure you give us a big fat five-star review because it really helps other people find us. You'll also notice that we don't use sponsors very often and barely ever advertise. That's because we fund this. Chris Tate and I from tradinggame.com.au, we fund this show. So for us to keep on funding it, we need to get the word out to more people. And you're a big part of this. So make sure you tell people and give us fantastic reviews on Apple Podcast. If you'd like to get my Trading Made Simple 5-part e-course, make sure you register on tradinggame.com.au. So until next week, happy trading. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.